Details make stories human, and the more human a story can be, the better. Ernest Hemingway. You're listening to Writing Roots, brought to you by Aspen House Publishing. Welcome to Writing Roots. I'm Lee Hull. And I'm Lee Esses. Today we are talking about something that kind of crosses the line between world building and tricks of the trade. This particular trick helps make your world building enormously more powerful and give a lot more emotional context. The trick is to zoom in. The small things are the best tools for making something feel big, impactful, and pack a punch behind it. Because if you try to tell everything about the world in a very small amount of time as possible, you are shoving everything that you've created about this world into a tiny little box that is unexplorable. You sent me a TikTok recently from TikTok user Student of Whim. And I really liked what he had to say about making things small in order to make things feel big. He was talking about the Douglas Adams towel effect. And essentially, he's saying if you zoom in deeply enough on one particular thing, audiences will assume that there is enough information in the rest of the world out there that you've got to figure it out. They don't need to know it. So in the Douglas Adams towel effect, The theory presented in the book is that all hitchhikers need is a good towel. And having a towel represents that they also are prepared for any kind of interstellar travel. They'll have their toothbrush, they'll have their clothes, they'll have a bathrobe or whatever. They will have everything they need because they have a towel. So with Douglas Adams, he gave us a lot of detail about a towel and then basically said, stick a fish in your ear and don't worry about the rest. The TikTok user in this video said a very wonderful quote about this effect and how Douglas Adams used it. He said, quote, It's a bit of literary sleight of hand whereby explaining a small point in excruciating detail, we give the illusion that everything else in the universe must have that much detail as well. I absolutely love this concept because... Of course, I'm all about efficiency and getting your world building to bleed through the pages and the events of this story, not just info dumping ahead of time. But you're also building trust with your audience. Your audience is recognizing, okay, you've thought this through. Therefore, we can trust that you've thought everything through. If you get a chance to look up, again, that was TikTok user Student of Whim. Look up the whole video. It was a lot of great information. And honestly, it is a very good principle to use because it allows you to develop a lot of detail on one small thing, and then the rest of the world building, you can just kind of skim over. You don't need to spend a lot of time doing a lot of work developing that same level of detail about everything. You just need to do it with one important aspect and then focus in on that small thing. Another great example of this giving too much detail in one spot in order to pass over the rest of them would be Hogwarts. There are a total of 11 schools for wizardry throughout the world in the J.K. Rowling universe. But with so much depth and information about the school of Hogwarts itself and the history and blah, 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 we don't need to know that there are 10 others but we trust that each of them has as intricate and interesting history as Hogwarts does. It makes the world feel massive by paying attention to those details. 
Those details can come in the form of subcultures as well, because subcultures are usually far more interesting than world cultures. Take a look at the United States. As a culture in the United States, we are very, very varied. (laughs) But if you zoom in on some of the specific subcultures, you have readers, you have nerds, you have tech and finance guys, you have all sorts of different subcultures that are way more interesting than... Well, the rednecks live in the South and the crazy weird people live in hippie California on the coast. And Hollywood is the rest of California. Sure, you can give that context. But if your character who lives in the Middle East makes a friend with somebody in the U.S. and that friend has devoted their life to steampunk culture... All of a sudden, the character is more interesting, the world is bigger because you've zoomed in on a specific subset of that culture. So for your story, the pirating and the sailing culture is going to be more interesting to your characters than world politics because it actually affects that character if they are on a naval battleship. Yes, the politics impact them a little bit, but they're not so worried about the overall political scheme of the world. They're worried if they're going to get attacked in the next two days because they come across a pirate ship. Zooming in also really helps you avoid stereotyping parts of the world and making things feel bland. Like this whole section of the North is just cold and that's all we got. Zooming into what makes this particular ice canyon unique because there's a dragon under the ice in the lake and blah, blah, blah. The farther you zoom in, the bigger the North feels. And then, of course, there is the emotional impact of going in and making it small and focusing in on those details. If you go too large for big destructive events, it is hard for the human person to comprehend scales that large. If you try to comprehend the Holocaust, It is emotionally wrenching to hear the number of people killed in the Holocaust, but it's an insubstantial number. It's not something we can really understand. Yes, that was a lot of people. Yes, that was a lot of lives, but it was so long ago and a lot of people die everywhere. But if you zoom in on one person's story, if you zoom in on the diary of Anne Frank and her story of being taken as part of this Holocaust, then that becomes way more impactful than a history book just about the numbers. It becomes a story, a real story that people can understand, that they can connect with because it is a singular person rather than a huge, terrible event that most of us haven't experienced in our lifetimes. And again, giving emotional context to something tiny in something massive is going to be your best bet in making sure that it has the massive impact. It's not just the invading army destroyed everything they could. Yeah, that's kind of what invading armies do. But the character wakes up and sees that the bakery that's been owned by the same family for generations that made their grandma's wedding cake is now lit on fire and the front glass window is under the shoes of the character. That little shard of glass has more emotional impact than a bunch of people coming in and destroying stuff. This is also a good way to show mass destruction without getting too gory, without getting too disturbing. 
it will still carry that good emotional impact without becoming gore porn. I might have used this example already this month, but really one of the best example of this is in Mulan when they come across the burned village and Mulan finds the doll and we can see the destruction and we can feel the totality of the emotional impact of the destruction of this village by seeing a little child's doll in the middle of a town that has been destroyed. And the understanding that that means that child was also killed. So remember this, that especially for these big world events, for these things that impact and make a difference, your audience is going to connect with the humanity of something. They are going to connect with the small, minute details. They're going to connect with the dog or the person or the child. They're not going to connect with the event as a whole. I think that's a lot of why Pet the Dog moments work so well. That's more of a character building thing than a world building thing, but the concept is still the same. It's something that your readers can relate to, they can automatically pick a side, and they can feel for and imagine themselves or someone they know as your main character, instead of it being some distant character somewhere. That's why you have a lot of human and human-like characters in even the most alien-type stories. And you can kind of get an idea of how this really works by looking at the world events that we see today. You see a tragedy that happens in Africa. A lot of people will say, oh, that's sad, and then move on with their lives because it happened half a world away. They have no personal connection with it. And there may be some misconception of, oh, well, that just happens there. But you take a similar tragedy, stick it in a small town in America, and suddenly people are up in arms about how terrible and unbelievable this thing is because they can finally connect with it on a personal level. We will be talking about scene setting in a couple of episodes and the best strategies for setting up an interesting scene and the world that your characters are exploring in that way. But one of the things I wanted to bring up now is zooming in makes it interesting. If you talk about the one blue wildflower in this field of orange poppies, giving that bit of detail that your readers can imagine, making it small, zooming in, showing us the butterfly instead of the vast panoramic scene, will help us connect emotionally to it. So if you are looking at a way to make your world building more impactful, look at the types of scenes that you have, look at the types of writings that you have, and see if you can narrow it down, if you can zoom it in on something personal, on something that people can relate with. Is there a singular element that will tell a whole story on its own just by it existing in that place at that time? There are a lot of different ways that you can do this, but one of the best ways is to make it something realistic, which we will be talking a little bit more in our next episode, because even if you have fantastical worlds, fantastical magics, you still need to make it real. So stay tuned for our next episode to talk about how to take these small little moments and make them real. And in the meantime, write selfishly. If you have a question or comment for our hosts or a topic you'd like us to cover, send us an email at writingroots at aspenhousepublishing.com or find us on Facebook by searching for Aspen House Publishing. 